The sermon text is the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 11, verses 2 to 10. While John was in prison, he heard about all the things Christ was doing. He sent two of his disciples to ask him, Are you the coming one, or should we wait for someone else? John answered them, Go report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. As these two were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? No, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. So what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and he is much more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. John the Baptist tells the truth. He is a total truth teller. John the Baptist is also brave. That means he keeps telling the truth even when he knows that telling the truth is going to get him into trouble. So, when John the Baptist's ruler, Herod, illegally marries his own sister-in-law, John the Baptist, because he is a brave truth-teller, he does what he does, and he keeps telling the truth, even though he knows that it is going to get him into trouble. And eventually, telling the truth about Herod's illegal and evil marriage is going to cost John the Baptist his life. But before that happens, John is spending time behind bars. While John was in prison, he heard about the things Christ was doing. He sent two of his disciples to ask him, Are you the coming one, or should we wait for someone else? There really is no agreement on why John sends these two disciples to Jesus with this question. Some people think that John is doing it for the benefit of those two disciples. He wants them to meet Jesus and talk to him and sort of transition from following John to following Jesus since John can probably tell that his days are numbered. But I don't think that's the reason John sends these disciples to Jesus. In the first place, the words of the story don't say that's the reason. And secondly, when Jesus sends the answer back, he says, go report to John. So it is very likely that it is for John's own benefit that John is the one who is wondering whether Jesus is really the coming one, the promised Messiah. But why would John the Baptist wonder such a thing? Why would John the Baptist doubt who Jesus is? Consider what Jesus says about John the Baptist later. While those two disciples are still in earshot, Jesus says, As these two were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. Hey, John the Baptist is not a weakling. He's not somebody who bends and shakes and quakes in the wind like a reed. This is not somebody who is going to easily allow these doubts about Jesus to pop up in his heart. 
Listen to what else Jesus asks the crowd. What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing. No, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. So John the Baptist is also not a shill for people who are in power. He doesn't live in a palace. He doesn't come from a palace. He doesn't just say what rulers want him to say. If he did, Herod would not have locked him up. So John the Baptist is not weak, and he is not just a mouthpiece for rulers. So then, who is this John who is now questioning the identity of Jesus Christ? So what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and he is much more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. John the Baptist is a prophet of God. And as Jesus says, he is more than a prophet. John is the New Testament prophet that the prophets of the Old Testament predicted would come right before the Messiah started his ministry. John is the prophet who got to point to Jesus in person and say, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Later in this chapter, Jesus even says, among those born of women, there has not appeared anyone greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist is not a waffler, and he is not a sellout to kings. He is a great prophet, the prophet who got to point to Jesus in person and say, he is the one. And now that great prophet who pointed to Jesus and said, yes, he is the one, that great prophet asks, are you the coming one? Or should we expect someone else? So, the indomitable, great, godly prophet, John the Baptist, is now questioning, doubting Jesus' identity. Because John is strong. John is principled. He is godly. He is great. And he's human. He's sinful, like you and me. And because he is, even this great, godly prophet has doubts about who Jesus is. And on some level, that should comfort us. It's not to say that doubts about Jesus are good. They are not. But we shouldn't just write ourselves off as faithless rejectors of Jesus Christ if we ever have a doubt pop up in our hearts about who he really is. Even John the Baptist, a great godly prophet, had his doubts about Jesus and all sinners will from time to time. But why specifically is John the Baptist having these doubts? Is it because he's in trouble? Is it because he has been locked up for telling the truth? I don't think so. If you look carefully at the way Jesus answers his question, I don't think that's the case. To get at why John the Baptist is doubting, you have to consider the message that John preached as he was preparing the way for Jesus' ministry. If you go back to chapter 3 in this Gospel of St. Matthew, you get a sample of the message John proclaimed. When John saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for his baptism, he said to them, You offspring of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. 
Do not think of saying to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God is able to raise up children for Abraham from these stones. Already the axe is ready to strike the root of the trees. So every tree that does not produce fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Do you see where John's doubts are coming from? He proclaimed that the Messiah was coming to bring judgment. That he was coming to strike down his enemies. John the Baptist preached, repent or else. Already the axe is at the root of the trees ready to strike. You have Abraham as your father. That's great, but it's not going to save you. Repent or else. And now, where is the else? Where is all the judgment that John preached? Where is the swinging axe? Instead of swinging the axe and destroying his enemies, Jesus is traveling all through Galilee, forgiving sins and healing people who cannot see and people who cannot hear, lifting up people who cannot walk, and even raising the dead. Where is the judgment, the destruction that John promised? Doubts about Jesus are never good, but can we at least understand where John's doubts are coming from? He promised judgment and destruction against the enemies of God, and now, instead of destroying, Jesus is going around healing and forgiving and filling up and raising up. Doubts are not good, but John the Baptist does the right thing with his doubt. He takes it to Jesus for an answer. Because doubts that are left unanswered by Jesus will eventually fester into unbelief. Jesus is the right one to answer these doubts. John is a truth teller. Jesus, he is the ultimate truth teller. So John takes his doubt to Jesus to have him answer it. And Jesus answers, Go, report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Does that sound familiar? Hopefully it does, because it is a rough quotation that we heard from Isaiah the prophet. When Isaiah was writing about the work that the Messiah, the coming one, was coming to do. He said, Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unplugged. The crippled will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. So, the work of the Messiah is not just to bring judgment on those who disbelieve him. The Messiah's work is also to forgive, to heal, to fill up, and to raise up. That joyful work, that good news, is also the work of the Messiah. And John's closing message for these disciples, Jesus' closing message to take back to John, is asking him, begging him to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, who comes not only to bring judgment, but also to save and to bring joy. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. Believe that I am the Messiah, the Messiah who is coming not only to bring judgment, but also to bring pure joy in my salvation. And that's exactly who the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is. He does bring judgment against his enemies. John the Baptist was not wrong in the message that he preached to proclaim the way. 
And Isaiah the prophet, in, those, in the words just before he predicted the joy of the Messiah's work, he said, look, your God will come with vengeance, with God's own retribution. He will come and save you. We know that Jesus comes to bring judgment against his enemies. Do we ever maybe look around our world like John the Baptist and wonder, just where is this judgment that Jesus promised? Do we ever look around at all the evil and the unbelief in our world, people mocking our Savior and the message of the gospel, and do we ever wonder, just how long exactly are these people going to get away with it? John the Baptist wondered that kind of thing, and he was a great prophet of God. When God's people look around the world and see all the evil, all the unbelief, we can start to wonder, like John the Baptist, is Jesus really the one? If he is, where is this judgment against his enemies that he promised? Like John the Baptist, when we have those kinds of doubts, we need to take them to the right place. We need to take those doubts to Jesus and let him answer them for us before the doubts grow into unbelief. John the Baptist was not wrong when he preached judgment. Neither was Isaiah. And Jesus himself, with very vivid language on many occasions, told his enemies, those who disbelieved him, that they were going to suffer wrath and judgment. The Messiah does bring judgment. But Jesus' work is about more than judging enemies. Jesus' work is also the pure joy of his gospel salvation. And we need to listen very carefully now to what our Savior Jesus says because he is also talking about us when he speaks in these verses. We need to listen carefully to Jesus because the evil that deserves to be judged, it's not just around us and it's not just in Jesus' enemies. It's in us too. And it is to us sinners that the Messiah Jesus says, Rejoice. I come to open ears and eyes. And I have opened your ears to hear and I have opened your eyes to see the love of God, the forgiveness of your sins that comes in me. I have come to lift up those who cannot walk. You had no ability to get up and go to God and I picked you up and I moved you to him. I have come to raise the dead and I raised you by bringing you to the life of faith in me. The reason that Jesus' work, his salvation is so joyful is that he's always helping and saving people who need it. People who are in a position of desperation. And spiritually, that is you and me. Because even if we are born with eyes that can see and ears that can hear, spiritually, we are blind and deaf. And Jesus opened those eyes and ears for us. And even though we are born with a beating heart, kicking and screaming, we need Jesus to raise us to life in our souls and bring us to faith. And part of the Savior's joyful work, Jesus says, is that the gospel, the good news, is proclaimed to the poor and it fills them up. We are the ones to whom the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, has been proclaimed. From the pages of his word, from this pulpit in this sanctuary, the message has reached our ears of Jesus' perfect life, free from all sin and doubt. The message has been proclaimed to us, his death on the cross, his blood that washes all of our sins away, 
The message of his Easter victory has been proclaimed to us. And in that gospel message, our Lord fills us up for eternity. He gives us wealth that lasts forever. And the running theme through the last season of the church here that we just finished and this first season of Advent, the running theme is Jesus is coming, so be ready. And during these seasons of the church here, there's an awful lot of emphasis on the judgment that Jesus is coming to bring, that you better be ready for Jesus to come because he's coming to destroy his enemies. And that is true, and it will happen on God's timetable. But today, our Savior Jesus says, in the meantime, don't doubt that it will, that it will happen. Remember, your Messiah comes with the joy of salvation. Rejoice in the salvation that Jesus brings. If we ever look around our world and wonder, like John the Baptist, is he the one? Where is this judgment? Let's take our doubts to Jesus and have him answer those doubts. His judgment will come when he is ready to bring it. Rejoice in his salvation. It is pure joy for everyone who believes. Dear Jesus, Fill us with joy. Amen.